Father, we look to you, Lord. We just thank you that we belong to the kingdom. And the kingdom is forever and ever. And it reigns over everything. And ultimately, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and our Savior. Thank you, Father. Thank you. But we thank you, Lord. We do believe there will be a shift that the house will be taken and maybe the Senate too. But we believe, we still believe the counting is going on. Miracles can still happen like it happened, Lord. Six years ago, it still can happen. We will not quit because, Father, it's not about a nation. It's about the kingdom and about the souls of people. So we continue to stand in the gap and we fight. But now we turn our hearts and our minds to your kingdom, the mysteries of your kingdom. And I pray, Father, you continue to teach us so that we all can be stewards of that mystery, of that kingdom to which we belong. To the Lord we have sworn our allegiance in baptism, that you may count us faithful now and in eternity. And now we may be fruitful. We may be fruitful. Yes, God gives the increase. But you are also the God of increase. You expect increase from every one of us. And I pray we will be fruitful and we will be faithful, Lord. Teach us, Lord. Teach us what to be faithful to and in what to be fruitful. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So the Bible talks about the mystery of God. And the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And we continue because we need to know this. Because in in any field, what gives you the edge is knowing those things which are hidden. If you do not know anything, even in this world, you will not. You will come to a certain point and you will see others going ahead of us, ahead of you. Like in Elijah's case, technically speaking, God says there are 7,000 who did not bow my their knees to Baal. So there were 7,000, there were 100, and there was Elijah. And in that spiritual thing, you will see Elijah has gone far ahead of the others. Why? Because to him was revealed the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Okay. On the other side are those who have the mysteries of the powers of darkness. And you cannot contend with them if you do not have something on this side. You cannot fight them. It's not possible. Because they have power. Otherwise, Jesus would not say, deliver us from the power of the evil one. Why would he pray? Why would he ask us to pray unless the enemy actually has power? He has power. And how does he exercise power? Because all power is with God. But this power is based on laws which God has established. And because he was created with all wisdom, he understands how it works. And he gives these mysteries to his people. And they succeed. And they of course, they will lose their soul in the end. But the fact is that in this battle on Mount Carmel, if Elijah is not able to lock up the power of the prophets of Baal, he will die. It's a direct face-to-face -face confrontation with the powers of darkness and the power of God, and one man is standing over there. If Aaron's rod does not swallow up the rods of the magicians of Egypt, Moses and Aaron will not leave from there alive. They will die. They will die. Okay, so we need to understand it's a real thing. It's a real. I'm not saying you should be wise. Don't get into battles for which you are not called or prepared. But there is a battle. You cannot escape it. The minute you got into the kingdom of God, the battle has begun. 
before that was the battle to keep you from getting into the kingdom by blinding your eyes. Now your eyes have been opened. Now you are in the battle. So we need to understand how the kingdom of God works. Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 4 and then Hebrews 2, 92. Behold, all souls are mine. He says, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul whose sins shall die. Okay. In Hebrews 9 and verse 22. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Okay. So God is... These are secrets, mysteries of the kingdom of God. Okay. All the people in all the religions, including Christianity, who are not saved, they don't understand this law is irrefutable. It cannot change. And if they understood this, religion would stop tomorrow. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Because the soul that sin shall die. So religion is powerless to save a man. Because there is no shedding of blood. No shedding of blood. Okay, the soul that sins shall die, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So none of these religions can actually save you. Okay, these are these are. See whether we understand or accept on earth is irrelevant. These are irrefutable laws in the spiritual realm. It will not. Every soul that sin and we were born in any shaped in iniquity, born in sin, continued in sin, and we will die. That death of the soul is separation, eternal separation from God, and these things cannot change. So in Leviticus 17 and verse 11, when it comes to the soul, when it comes to the life and death, he says, for the life of the flesh, here flesh means creature, is in the blood and have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your soul. So, so many things are brought over here. One, the life of a soul is actually in the blood and to make atonement. The soul that sins shall die shall die and the life of the flesh is in the blood and have given the blood to make atonement for your soul okay so if you come to isaiah chapter 53 and verse 10 and 12 you will see what jesus did on the cross yet it pleased the lord to bruise him he put him to grief when you made his soul an offering for sin so what was offered his soul and where was his soul in his blood his life was in his blood. The life of Jesus Christ was our life. I mean, if you were there, I mean, not yesterday, you will hear it on Friday. Okay, we found that uh, every 30 minutes, the blood flows through our entire body three times. And it actually flows in a day 19,000 kilometers. <laughs> you need to think about it. Hyderabad to Delhi is around less than 2,000 kilometers. 19,000 kilometers and it does all the work and every cell gets its life through the blood, the cleansing, the purity, all that. You hear it on Friday. I mean, God has put these pictures in our body, which in modern days as knowledge increased, which is opening our eyes that everything that he said about the blood is actually happening right within us. It's happening within us. The power of it is so God gave it to us something which we he knew we are understanding now as atonement because the life of a soul is in the blood. 
And when you lose, what happens when you sin, what you lose is you lose your life. Because the soul that sins shall die. So the soul has to be, life has to be replaced and it can be only replaced by the blood. Okay, and it works. The blood works. There is power in the blood. If you go to Mystery Babylon in chapter 18 and read from verse 3 to 5, where does Babylon get its power from? For all the nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth have become rich. Now you have to look over here. Fornication means it's a, it's a sexual act, but here it's talking about the kings, the powerful people. When you are talking about kings, we don't have kings today like um, absolute monarchies we hardly have today in the world. I think Brunei is one of the last few apps and uh, Arab nations you have the sheikhs. Other than that, there are no absolute monarchies. But when you're talking about kings, are people. So kings and merchants are put in together. And that's how the system has always worked. The merchants are the ones who supply the money and the kings rule these two. And how did they, how did they become rich and powerful? It's because they became one spirit with Babylon. So Babylon is a spirit. The power of the Antichrist. They became one spirit. They became rich through the abundance of her luxury. See the merchants. And we would want to talk about the big businessmen. The big, big guys. And the ones who control power. With the spirit of Babylon. They have become one. And what did they do? They have drunk. And the enemy has given them power. But the simple question we need to ask is. To get this power and wealth. What did they give the enemy? Nothing is, nothing is free. Enemy won't give you anything free. Okay. I heard another voice from the heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Okay. One second. From her people for, uh, oh no, no, it's not, uh, 18. Okay. How they, one second, one second. Okay. Yeah, 17. Let's, uh, 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 we had asked to come out of it, okay? And now we will go on, uh, to 17, okay? 17, we will see that woman. That is Babylon. Okay? We go, go to verse 3. Go to verse 3, 17. Three. He carried me away in the spirit in the wilderness. Now Babylon is shown as a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Come further down, we will see that. <clears throat> the woman is arrayed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, precious stones, pearls, and having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of a fornication. That is a Babylon has become one with the Antichrist or the powers. And on her head was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. And verse 6, I saw the woman. What she drunk with? With the bloods, blood of the saints and of the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. You cannot get anything from the enemy unless they the end. The people in the occult understand the mystery of the blood. You want something from the enemy, you have to offer life. You have to offer life. If you don't offer life, you do not. Even elections are not swayed by people. It is by the offering of blood. 
That's how people's minds are blinded. The enemy blinds the minds of people who are not in the Lord. Your minds can be easily be controlled. It is absolutely can be controlled. Don't ever think you cannot be controlled. Are you actually in full control the whole day? Can you hold attention for 10 minutes with your mind wandering? So who controls your mind? Who controls your mind? How is that mind controlled? You need to ask. Mind control is a very real thing. and It is controlled by the powers. And for the powers to control your mind, what do you give them? Because elections in democracies are won by mind control. It is not. That is why we plead, we pray, because to release the minds of people. Why do people go in a particular way? And it's like a mob, a mass of people going in a particular way. And you see, aren't these individuals, don't they have a thinking capacity? Don't they exercise free will? They don't. If they are not set free, they don't. And what was given in return, what was given in return was blood. And we need to understand mystery Babylon. That's how it operates. So you need to realize in the spiritual realm, laws have been established by God. The devil understands those laws. And by using those laws, he controls through his people on earth the minds and the lives of people. Because there is no room for error. Error in the Spiritual realm. So in Genesis 4 and verse 10, we saw when the first man is killed, what happens? This is what God says. <laughs> this is not what man says. It's not some figment of your imagination. God says, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So blood has a voice because blood signifies the soul and the life soul has a voice. He says, your brother's voice is crying out. It's crying out. You have defrauded your brother. That is what James would talk about. The cries of the laborers have reached this thing. Whenever you see, you cannot sin in isolation. It's not possible to sin in isolation. When you sin, you're always sinning against God and somebody else. That's the way we are made. We are made as a society, as a person, a group of people. So when per one person, even if he doesn't do anything, by refusing to do something, he has sinned. He has sinned. So nobody sins in isolation. Everybody. So when, even by not doing something, I sin, and somebody is suffering loss. And without me knowing, that voice is going up, crying. Crying. Souls have voices. Blood has a voice. And what happens? What is this voice crying for? The voice is crying for justice. That's what the voice of Abel is crying for. It is crying for justice. I have been cut off. I did not get a chance to live. I don't have a family. I don't have children. I am cut off here. Nobody follows me. And God is saying, you know what? Your brother's blood is crying. You think he's dead, then you have hidden the body. But nothing is dead in heaven. Everything is alive. And his soul is crying out. And God says, I have to answer. I have to answer. That is the difference. When Abel's blood, which is representative of everybody who has been sinned against, we have the blood of Jesus crying for mercy. Crying for blood the blood of Jesus Christ cries for mercy. That is the mystery of the blood. Because the other voices are voices for justice. And that justice, basically, justice would become punishment from God's side. And on this side, 
what happens is the blood of Jesus cries out for for mercy. And if you do not have the covering of the blood of Jesus, we don't realize what is happening is iniquity is building up. That's what he says. My iniquity is too much for me to bear. And though God puts a mark over him that you will not die before you die, you will not be killed by anybody. What you see is that he goes away and away and away from the presence of God. Nine generations later, everybody in his descendants is killed. Everybody of ten generations of Cain is destroyed by the blood, by the flood, because the blood of Abel will require vengeance. It will require vengeance if there is no other blood to speak mercy. And there is nothing to speak mercy for Cain's descendants. And everybody is finished off because there is this blood still crying. The only protection that is given to Cain is that nobody will murder you. Now doesn't say you will not die. You will die and your descendants will die. These are facts which we need to understand. And that should awaken us because this is the reality in which we are living in. The reality, that's why for 6,000 years, man has been dying. Okay, so please don't ever think the Holy Spirit is the only teacher. There are other teachers in the spiritual realm. There are demonic teachers from which people learn how to succeed in this world, how to subjugate, how to control elements, how to control other human beings, how to control animals, how to control who is teaching them. There are spirits that teach them. But in return, what do the spirits ask? The spirits ask for either actual blood of animals or humans, or they ask for covenants. Make a covenant with us. So a man is desperate. He wants to rise up in the world and he wants to win over his enemy. He says, I give you every firstborn in my family from now onwards. Agreed. The firstborn is gone. Unless that firstborn encounters God, he is gone. Every generation is gone. Or he will say, I give you all my children. That's how it works. That's how it Okay, that's, that's, that's how the spiritual works. And we don't realize. That's what I said. There are only slaves and a f- masters on this side and a few free men on this side who have understood and refused to be part of God, the enemy's kingdom. And they will fight and they will die for it. We are willing to die, but we will not give in to, give in to the side of the enemy. Otherwise you cannot win. These are secrets. You know what? You all have heard about David Livingston, right? David Livingston was that missionary to Africa who was found uh, praying and dying on his knees. Stanley went to search of him. Stanley was the other missionary who was sent to look for David Wilkerson. So Stanley had to travel all those hundreds during those days, you know. And Stanley was uh, not very well and he needed, you know, those who came to India, Africa and all, they were not used to the diseases and all. And Stanley had a white goat, white goat. And he had his companions and all. And that milk of the goat was which gave him strength. And there was a very warlike, warlike tribe. And without having peace with them, they couldn't go forward. So there was this terms. So somebody told him, the chief of that tribe wants your goat. If you will give him the goat, he will make a blood covenant with you. And this is true in all cultures. Blood covenants were made. This is the way it was made. Finally, he agreed. 
blood covenant is made there. One of the companions of Stanley, one of his assistants of Stanley, and one of the tribesmen of that tribe, an incision is made. And in a cup with wine, the blood of both people are put into it. And then both parties drink. And then they hold their wounds against each other and let their blood mix. And then they put something on it, usually gunpowder, so that the scab would remember there. Now what they have is that they have become blood brothers. And there's a covenant between these two groups. And nobody will break that covenant. And in return... Stanley says, they gave him the chieftain's spear and he did not understand that. After that, whenever he walked, they bowed to him because they were covenant brothers and nobody would dare to break the blood covenant. And usually after that, a priest comes and pronounces curses on anybody who breaks the covenant. This was how ancient culture saw. And that is why God comes in Genesis 15 and says, you are not sure, let us make a covenant, let us do it your way. The blood covenant. Blood covenants cannot be broken. Blood covenants cannot be broken. If you break blood covenants, there will be a death that will occur. So the most powerful covenant was the blood. All kinds of covenants are there in the Bible, but the most powerful covenant is the blood covenant. The blood covenant. And that is how God sends man out of the garden. First, there is a blood covenant. He kills two, covers them, sends them out. And then the first one is rejected for his priesthood because the fight is now over priesthood. And Cain is rejected because there is no blood. Abel has, Abel is received. And in return, what does he do? He kills his brother. So you have this whole thing passing on. And when you come to Genesis chapter 15, what you see is there is a blood covenant. You know, we all know that, you know. Abraham says, how will I know? He says, bring this heifer and all these animals, cut them into two pieces, put those sides, and what actually happens is the blood is flowing. If you read Jeremiah, you will know what they are supposed to do. When two parties are making a covenant in those days, they walk through the blood. And they are making a covenant with each other which cannot be broken. If you break your part of the covenant, you are supposed to die like this cut away from the land of the living. That is so. But God does not allow Abraham to walk. What he does is that he goes himself and first makes a covenant with Abraham by himself. That is what he does. What we need to realize. In Genesis chapter 17, when Abraham, God comes to Abraham, Genesis chapter 17. When he comes over there, he comes and says, okay, now, he doesn't tell him till then. 15, he makes the covenant when he was maybe around 80 years or something, I'm not very sure, 10 years later or 12 years later, he comes and he says, okay, this is what we are going to do. I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. Second, I will make my covenant between you, me and you. If you read, you just do as a homework. I'll give you the number. If you read Genesis chapter 17, ten times the word covenant is mentioned. In that one chapter, God said, I'm going to make a covenant with you. Covenant with you. Okay, I'm going to make it. And I'm going to make a covenant with you. And after that, what should you be? You should walk before me and be blameless. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him, saying, verse 4, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. 
No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham, for I made your father. I'll make you exceedingly fruitful. I'll make nations of you. Kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you, your descendants after you in their generation for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Verse 8. I will give you all that promises is made. Come down to verse 9. Okay. As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. And this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. God had made a covenant with himself for Abraham. Now he says, you make a covenant with me and it will be, you will shed blood. You will shed blood. Now, man is shedding blood. And every Hebrew child after that, that day, of course, everyone, but after that, on the eighth day, the blood was shed and they entered into a covenant with God. And that covenant, blood covenant, was their protection. That blood covenant was what kept them alive wherever they went. They had a blood covenant. The condition was this, walk before me and be blameless. It kept them. How could they survive for 50 years under slavery in Egypt and not be destroyed because they had a blood covenant? They had a blood covenant. And then when Moses is being sent to Israel, to Egypt to bring the people out, the angel of the Lord almost kills him on the way because his own sons do not have a blood covenant mark on them. He says, circumcise them. Circumcise your children. You do not have the mark of the covenant. And because his wife is not a believer, she is the one who does not allow him to covenant it. So she is almost struck to the verge of death. She is forced to circumcise the children because you need to have the mark. Because in the spiritual realm, they don't care who you are or what you are. Either you need to have a covenant with us or you need to have a covenant with God. You are without anything, we will destroy you. We will not allow you to rise. Because covenants work. So there are people on earth who have made covenant on the other side. And then you have people on this side who understand the covenant God makes with them. But when God makes a covenant with them, the thing, there's a difference between the covenant with the enemy and the covenant with God. Our God is righteous. So he will say, walk before me and be blameless. With the enemy, that is not a condition. That's why people prefer these covenants than this. They are willing to go to this route. But the end of it is eternal death. On here it may be tough, it may be very difficult, but the end of it is eternal life and eternal promotion. So God says, choose. I've said before you, life and death. Blessing and curses. You choose. What you may think is blessings because of a covenant on this side will ultimately end as a curse in eternity. That's how it works. That's how it works. You need to realize that only in Genesis chapter 17, after Abraham has entered into a covenant, Abraham has entered into a covenant relationship with God through the shedding of blood, he's able to stand between God and Sodom and intercede because now he has authority because of a covenant. You don't see him interceding before that. He's able to intercede for a wicked city because it's in a blood covenant relationship with God. Blood covenant relationship with God. So you will see 
After that, when Israel is brought out of Egypt, they come over there. We need to realize they had no law. They had no priesthood, nothing. Everything is given after they agree to the covenant. Once they agree in Exodus 19 to be part, they have been circumcised, but now they are being told, you enter into this covenant. You know what happens? They are given the law. They are given the law. And they are given the priesthood. They have a priesthood. So you need to understand that this laws, the soul that sins shall die. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sins. So what Israel had was a blood covenant. And as long as they kept the blood covenant, you need to understand, nobody could defeat them. Nobody could defeat them. It didn't matter who they were. It didn't matter they were the smallest number. It didn't matter they had no weapons. It did not matter they had no military training. The simple fact was that the blood covenant gave them protection from God, God for, for God for them. That is how covenants were made. When a weaker person and you have a larger tribe, they made a blood covenant. Once the blood covenant was made, there are different kinds of covenant. What happens by the terms of the covenant, if you are attacked, then you have to help. That's what the Gibeonites did. It was not a blood covenant, but it was a covenant. They deceived and got Israel to make a covenant with them. And then when Gibeah was going to be attacked, they said, sorry, they're coming. And Joshua had no choice but to go fight for people whom he should have destroyed because a covenant was made. Now you break that covenant, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. Okay, so understand. So in the new covenant, when we come to Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 35, 11.35 In the same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And this is basically what he institutes the last supper with his disciples. He, he doesn't take say the bread bread has his covenant. He says the blood is has the covenant because the the body is only the vessel that carries the blood vessel that carries the blood. Body is only the vessel that carries the blood. So it is not the body. If he had just hung on the cross and if he had not shed his blood, we still would not have been delivered. It is the blood that has been given for. He says, so this cup, he says, is my new covenant and it is in my blood. So we need to understand in the new covenant, something has changed. Unlike the old covenant. In the old covenant was the blood of uh, goats and and uh, bulls and all that. In the new covenant, it is the it is the blood of God's own Son. And in the old covenant, the Bible Bible says the Word of God says the blood was given to make atonement. The word atonement means to cover. Means cover. That was that was your covering. That was your covering. That was your protection. The blood was given to them for, for atonement, for their covering. Even when they were leaving Egypt, the only reason they were not destroyed by the destroyer was because they had a covering. And the difference between Egypt and Israel was they had a covering of blood over there. 
That's the only thing the destroyer looked. He has been told to kill all the firstborn. Firstborn is a sign of your strength. To take the strength of Egypt out. And the only thing that could protect them was, is their blood. And that's all God said. The blood. The blood was their covering. The blood was their covering. So the blood does many things, not just the remission of our sins. It covers us from the attacks of the enemy. Attacks of the enemy. And then, if you come, in the new covenant, what happens is, we are not fighting like Israel, flesh and blood. We are not fighting flesh and blood. We are fighting powers of darkness. We are not fighting for a success in this world because it's irrelevant if it is not according to God's plan and purpose. It is. It has no meaning. It could be the most successful Christian and Christian and then find that was not at all what God wanted to do. You will be considered a loser in heaven. So it's completely changed in the new covenant. You have to be what God has called you to be in his kingdom on earth. That is what is considered success. Otherwise, Jesus is a failure. Paul is a failure. They are all failures in the eyes of the world, but they are the most successful people ever in God's kingdom. Okay, So you have to look at it very, very clearly. So we are not fighting flesh and blood. We are not fighting flesh and blood. But we are fighting. What are we fighting? We are fighting powers of darkness, rulers, principality. And in Mark 16 and verse 17, These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. The first thing God says is, I give you my name. I give you my name. What we have been given is the name of God, the name of Jesus, to fight these powers of darkness. If you go to Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, the parallel in the Old Covenant, Exodus 4, 1 and 2. And Moses answered, and suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord, uh, sorry, 5 1 and 2. Go to 5 1 and 2. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told the Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And the Lord said, Who is the Lord? that I should obey his voice to let Israel go. I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. So what was he given there? He was given there first the name of God. The name of God. He says, you go and tell them. The God of Hebrews says, send my people go. And he says, I don't know your God. And he says, God, I will show him who I am. So we have been given in the parallel the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Okay. Then, when they came out of Egypt, the final what delivered them was not the name of the Lord. It was the blood of the Lord, the blood of the Passover lamb. If you come to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, 12 and verse 11, look at that, okay? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. It's something which we need to understand. Our victory on earth is manifested and enforced only by the blood of the Lamb. It is our weapon of victory because there is mystery in that blood. On the Babylonian side, they offer blood. They drink blood, they offer blood, all that is given. On this side, when we are fighting them and their forces, what is our protection and what is our victory? The Bible says, those who overcame the devil, who cast him down, what did they use? 
the first thing is the blood of Jesus, the blood of God. This is a mystery. Because why? Because life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. So what is that defeats devil? What is that defeats demons? What is that defeats powers of darkness? It is the life of God. When we are calling upon the blood of Jesus, we are calling when the, when it says the blood speaks for us, it means the life of Jesus speaks for us. That is what the blood does. That's what the blood does. And that's what Jesus is doing. Okay. So when the blood of Jesus, more than the blood of the Passover lamb, it covers us. When Jesus says, I have to come to give you life, where does that life come from? The life comes from his blood. It comes from the blood. Now we go to the difficult part of it. Okay. Now we come to the difficult part of it, which is in the book of Hebrews. Chapter, if you tremble upon the blood of Jesus. Got it? Yeah. Yeah. 10. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of truth, there is no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled first the Son of God underfoot? Two, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. Read that. Keep that in your mind. Three things. The Son of God, the blood of the covenant, and insulted the spirit of grace. Okay, insulted the spirit of grace. And that's where we have to be very, very careful of our things which we hear and do not take these things lightly. Because it's not, because after some time, the blood stops speaking for you. It will not speak for you. The only way we, I mean, it doesn't happen immediately. Probably three or four years after he was king, Saul was rejected. But he sat on the throne for years and years and years and years. But his end, God knew, you're destined for destruction because you did not listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. Okay? It's like, it's like, uh, it, when there is an incline and you push something, round or heavy, it will move on its own for a long time. It will go. go on for. That's the power of iniquity. Okay, So we need to get these pictures clear. We need to understand the spiritual realm is not like what we are thinking. We are getting absolutely fooled by looking at the material realm and thinking this is real. This is not real. We are being set up if our eyes are on the material realm. We are being set up. We're being set up because things are controlled on that realm. So first, we need to be under the blood. We have entered, we enter into a covenant with God through the blood. And as soon as we enter into the covenant, new covenant through the blood, the covenant has conditions. 
and we have to learn the conditions and learn to walk. That's what the first thing. God left Abraham alone in Genesis 15. He makes a covenant with him. He has Sarah tells him. He takes Hagar. Ishmael is born. God doesn't do anything for 13 years. Because God entered into a covenant with him. He has not entered into a covenant with God. But the day he enters into a covenant with God, the first thing God says is, walk before me and be blameless. Learn to walk before me and I will teach you how to be blameless. God entering into a covenant with man and man entering into a covenant with God are two different things. There's enormous power. One, of course, he will teach you to be how blameless. Second, you have now power with God. Therefore, he is able to stand between God and say, Lord, will the God of all flesh judge? Why is he able? Where does his boldness come from? The boldness is from a covenant. It is like Stanley, who is a British missionary. They don't even know what a missionary is. In Africa, with this huge tribe, and he has no power to protect himself, but once that covenant is made, nobody in that vicinity where that chieftain controls will touch him for the rest of his life. Because now he has power and authority. Where did this power and authority come from? It came from a covenant. A covenant. And as a symbol of that blood covenant, what he is carrying is the chieftain's scepter. He gave him one of his spears. And when they see that spear, they bow because they know who he has a covenant with. Covenant with. And that's exactly what God is talking about. I am entering into you. This is the blood of my covenant. We become part of a blood covenant. Second, God says, you know what? Now, learn how to walk before me. Walk with me. Be blameless. I will teach you. But every time you err, come. 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 Because you need mercy. Because every time you sin, you don't sin alone. You sin against somebody. And when you do what? There is a voice that is crying out for vengeance, for justice. It has to be counteracted by another voice. That's why Hebrew says that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Even righteous Abel's blood is asking for justice. Justice is asking for justice, asking for vengeance. And then God puts this picture over there and he says, you know, you can walk. If the blood of Jesus, we will only understand the mystery and the awesomeness of the blood of Jesus speaking for us every day. It speaks for us. And don't take it lightly. It's not that it can speak for you ever. Because if you only understand how the occult works... Only you will realize. You go to occult practitioners and all that. Even these here and all these guys. If you really go to the real ones who practice and you want something, they will say, get me a chicken or a rooster. They'll take the blood. They will put something else into it and they will look into it and they will say, I see. How did they see? How did they see? Anywhere, even Africa and all. There's no other way. No other way. Everywhere witchcraft is practiced, you have to use blood. You have to use blood. And we are like sitting ducks when we don't understand the mystery of the blood of Jesus. We don't seek to walk before God. How to be blameless? We have power, authority to stand in the gap and become an intercessor, to change 
the 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 course of history we don't understand that is the power the blood that speaks for us and the bible finally puts about not just the demonic but satan himself there is a set of people it is written they overcame him and how did they do it first by the blood of the lamb they understood the mystery of the blood they understood the mystery of the blood how to walk in peace with god peace with god that the blood always speaks for them and not against them it covers them it is their protection second they knew the blood is what purchased the devil's defeat he has been defeated on the cross i told yesterday no that was for tomorrow a day after tomorrow on the cross his body was hung to become a curse but for the remission of our sins it was the blood shedding of the blood cursed is the man who hangs on the cross he could hang on the cross but he still has to die his blood has to be shed blood has to be shed because the enemy demands blood and god's laws demand blood ramad give you nights 3 years of famine you know what this is he call what do you want this will be on seven sons of saul you want blood because he took our blood they are not israelites they are gibeonites they say we know we don't know what the gibeonites did for the famine to come the gibeonites might have been doing their occult by saying the king before saul has destroyed us and we want judgment and there is this laws that are established and the enemy uses the law and there is famine over israel for 3 years back to back to back 3 years because if it is not possible when elijah said have the sacrifice whoever brings fire they would not have agreed to it if it was not possible for them nobody gets into a contest unless you know it is possible because when moses threw the rod they also did and made it into snake so there is power so it is the gibeonites behind the scenes probably through occult brought famine and when david understood and said what what should i do they said we want blood we have to appease our side our side why because there are laws established by god which the devil knows he says you know what the blood of the gibeonites killed by saul is crying out over there asking for vengeance it has to be satisfied it has to be satisfied because you broke a covenant you made with us that's the problem you they could kill anybody else there would have been no problem but they had made a covenant with the gibeonites and broken their own covenant and now it is working against them now you go to the enemy and says what should i do to get you off my back he says i want blood who's seven of your king's sons and that's how it works so there is mystery in the blood and we need to understand and appreciate and really get to know what the blood of jesus does when we pray pleading the blood of jesus over our homes and our children our businesses and our careers and all there is a reason why we do because everything that is of ours is under attack from the enemy including your studies your careers your businesses your vehicles everything is under attack from the enemy because he knows we don't belong to him and this is his world and he says i will not let you rise and god says let my blood be your cover That's why the Bible says remember the first verse we read from Hebrews 9:22 
9.22. Look at this. According to the law, almost all things. You entered into the temple. Everything in the temple. You had to sprinkle the blood to purify it. We are the temple of the living God. And everything we are and everything we have has to be purified by the blood so the enemy does not have access. Have access. So don't take it lightly, but take it seriously and meaningfully that when you get out in the morning and you're going to drive, you're going somewhere, don't take it lightly. Don't, I tell you, accidents are not lightly. There was an election coming on in number 8. Yesterday was the election. Results are coming out. But you know, there was three days before that. October 31st, November 1st, 2nd was bloodshed. Publicly and secretly. Publicly is Korea. They took 150. They took in Somalia. They took in Corby. All these places. Suddenly, why did it all have to happen on the same day? Because it was Halloween. And all Souls Day. And Shamhain, which is the biggest occult festival underground. And suddenly the devil got his numbers. And on the other side, you know why? Because they are trying to manipulate. Because we may know in the... Otherwise, let me ask you this question. You look into any media in the world. Why are they concentrating on the American election? Because they know that election matters to the whole world. Even Ukraine is panicking over the election because they know if the Republicans take the, the Congress and the Senate, their aid will stop. The war will change. China knows it matters. All the nations know it matters. Why? So elections are not decided just by words. There are powers that are involved. Because it's about power. And you want the enemy to do anything, to manipulate anything. He doesn't do anything free. You have to give him what he demands. Okay. Now God is not asking for blood from us. He says, my son offered his blood. Stay under the blood. Understand the covenant. Understand the rules and the regulations of the new covenant. That is why it is written on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 people were saved and they were priests too. They got baptized and after that they came steadfastly to learn the doctrines of the apostles. What is that? How does the new covenant work? How are you called to love? How are you called to learn? We have to learn. We need to understand. We have to learn. There are so many things we have to learn. Because that's how the kingdom works. You step out of the kingdom, you are in trouble. And the devil is very smart. I'm telling you, the devil is very smart. The minute you step out, he's not going to do anything. He will help you to step out. He will encourage you to go a long way and then when you are so far away, he will destroy you. He's not a fool. He has experience of dealing with humanity for 6,000 years. He knows exactly how to get each one. He won't do anything. You need to understand how he does. That's why we have to be very, very wise about it. Very, very wise about it. And understand and say, you know what? I see I'm staying in the kingdom. I'm not getting out of the kingdom and I'm going to be faithful to the kingdom. I am staying right in under the blood. And if nobody is there, I am still going to stay there alone. Because you know what? It's a matter of my soul. It's a matter of my soul. And that's where we ended. And what has God given us? He has given us his name. Go tell 
Pharaoh, the God of Israel, says, let my people go. His name, too, he has given me his blood. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. Understand that, the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. What is the word of their testimony? Their testimony has to agree with what is written. Jesus did not need to use the blood because he came. But when he was tempted or tested, you know what was the word of his testimony? It is written. You are telling me to do something, but I am telling you, this is how it is written. Law. He has come under the law of the old covenant. Born of a woman, under the law, circumcised on the eighth day, entered into the covenant, old covenant. He comes under the old covenant and when he is tested, he goes back to the old covenant and says, this is what is written. He stays under the covenant, never steps under the outside the covenant. And when they accused him of stepping out of the covenant, he says, it's because you don't understand the covenant. That's not what is meant. This is what is meant. I am the one who is actually keeping the covenant. You are the ones who are breaking it. He stayed in the covenant. That's why the Bible says he was tempted. He did not sin because he came to fulfill the law and not to break it. That's why the devil, the devil comes. The devil tries everything to touch him. The devil could not touch him because he's under the covenant. And he's absolutely under the covenant and the devil could not do anything to him because the covenant is protecting him. He's under protection because the old covenant is protecting him because it had power. So even when he dies on the cross, he dies on his own. They don't kill him. He said, I will lay down my life and I will pick it up because you are not killing me. And he tells Pilate, you don't have power over me unless it has been given to you by my father. The power of the old covenant, the absolute total power of the old covenant is personified and amplified to us through the life of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says we have entered into a better covenant. Better covenant. The power of that covenant is the new covenant. And the power of the new covenant is the blood of Jesus. And that is to what Jesus says, drink. You need to realize, it is when he said, eat my body and drink my blood, his disciples left him. They left him. That is, it's a very hard teaching. They left him. Even his 70 left him. And then you know what happened? Only 12 are left. And he asks them, do you also want to leave? And Peter says, where can we go? Because you have. You know what happens? The mystery of it. The mystery of it. In uh, John chapter 13, he says, one of you will betray me. They all said, oh Lord. And he dips and gives it to that one. What is he instituting? The new covenant. But he has not walked under the terms of any covenant. When he takes it, you know what happens. The Bible says the devil enters him. And he walks out from there in the darkness. Now only 11 are left. These 11 have become part of the new covenant by symbolically by drinking the cup. The 12th one has left. After that, he opens the mysteries of the kingdom for them. That is when the mysteries are opened from Chapter 13, 35 onwards, all the way to 17. The things which we so 
easily preach was revealed to them after three and a half years after they partook of the covenant. The mystery is opened. You take John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, you will not understand most things what is happening. You will not understand what is happening. Even the Holy Spirit is introduced there. The work of the Holy Spirit, the entire concept about the Spirit of Grace, what you do for the next 2,000 years is introduced in these three chapters. You know why? Because they entered into that covenant of His blood and He opens up the mysteries for them. And at the end of it, He calls them, you are no longer my servants. I call you friends. You know why? Because you are covenanted by blood. We have entered into a blood covenant. Before that, you were my servants. And now, we are friends. Understand how it works. So we need to understand this. And you know what? And be absolutely thrilled about it. And say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm part of the covenant. And I am going to be faithful to your kingdom. Whatever you give me, I am fine with it. But I am in a battle. I understand the power of your name. In your name, I will cast out demons. And I will overcome the big guy, by the blood of the Lamb. I understand how the blood works. Let's have Peter and we shall pray. Why I am saying is that otherwise we will get Upset and dis- I'm mean, not the children. I mean, you are in your own world. I know you. I mean, in your own world, you have no clue. 600 rupees we pay for that Hindu newspaper. I don't know whether anybody even reads the headlines. Okay, you have no clue what is happening in this world. If you do not know, does not mean it will not affect you. It will affect everyone. Okay, it will affect every one of us. Wait a second. Okay, it will affect every one of us. So all these things matter. I mean, you honestly think about it. The last two years were the worst two years for the world and especially for U.S. And why is the election so tight? Should have been a tsunami. Why is it so tight? I mean, what more do you have to see? You don't have money to buy food. You don't have money to buy for fill gas. You, your children are at stake in schools and colleges. You're losing your power over your own family, your children, over everything. And you still go vote for the people who are taking it away. What happened to you? How did it happen? You need to ask this question. How did it happen? <laughs> how, do, how is these things happening? And the thing is that devil got into the church and compromised the church. Because Jesus said that. You are the light of the world. And you are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its saltiness, it's good for nothing. So if the church loses its power, because the church is the only entity which can push back the powers of darkness. So the devil is always careful to get into the church and compromise the church. How is compromise? Friday you will hear about that, right? What did uh, the blood of Jesus do? It brought us near to God. Okay? When you are near to God, you need to understand this. When you are near to God, you will never lose your zeal. 
Peter never lost his zeal when he was near to Christ. But when he fled away, he started losing his zeal and then he betrayed him too. The way you never lose your zeal be staying near to God. And the only way you can draw near to God is through the blood of Jesus because that is the one that brings near you near to God. Near to God. So the blood has its so many purposes. And ask Dr. Richard, what's the normal temperature of a human body? 98.65, right? Roughly 98. And how? Do, what is the temperature from? It's from the blood. Everything, the mystery is right in our bodies. It is there, the blood. And he says, I will give on you the blood. It's the only thing that goes into every part of your body. It goes and it cleanses your system. 5.6 liters of blood in an average human being goes through three times in 30 minutes, 19,000 kilometers it travels in a day in your body. The mystery of the blood is right within us. And God said, I have given it to you because the life of the creature is in the blood. Okay. Even the temperature of our body is usually decided by the blood. <laughs> right? When you have an infection in your body, what fights? The infection. The blood fights. So God has put in something that's very understandable in the last days and he said, you know what, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. What protects you from the infection of the enemy? The blood. The blood of Jesus. What keeps you on fire for God? Draw close to God. But how can I draw close to God? Hebrews 10, 19 says, we have boldness. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Where do you get the blood of Jesus? Where do you get boldness? Why? Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Why do you get boldness from the blood of Jesus? Because it will never say to you, you are nasty. If it speaks to for you, it will always speak only mercy. It will not speak anything else. Either it will not speak for you or it will speak for you. If it speaks for you, it is mercy. And if it is mercy, you can come to God. You don't have to die. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 4.16. Come boldly, confidently to the throne room of grace and receive mercy. Why can't I come boldly? Because the blood speaks for me. But be sure, the Bible says the blood speaks for you. Don't assume, don't presume. You can be absolutely sure that the blood will speak for you because you are in a blood covenant. You are brothers. Okay. Every religion in the world understood this principle from the beginning and they brought it into the occult. What do they do? They take wine and they cut, they take and they drink. Once you have drink, what have they become? Blood brothers. You know what Jesus said? This is my blood of the new covenant. Here, drink. Drink. And once they had drunk, you know what they became? They became blood brothers, a covenant. Covenant was made. They entered into a covenant with God. Now that we entered into the covenant of God, you know what God is guaranteeing? Protection. I guarantee you protection. If anyone touches you, I will come after you. After him, I guarantee you protection. But these are the terms of the covenant you keep. I am faithful to my covenant. You be faithful to the covenant. You know what? God starts opening up his kingdom for us, the mysteries of the kingdom. And we have to keep our zeal 
Laodicea is a church that was compromised. The enemy got in, took them into the world. And God comes and says, you know what? You know why you are lukewarm? Because you are so far away from me. I am outside. The blood is not working for you. You are not using the blood to come near to me. It's the blood that draws us near and gives us boldness. Amen? Come, let's have Peter.